0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. If you've got a phone, I'd love you to take it out and find the camera on your phone, okay? And we are going to go to something on the screen any minute now, I'm hoping, called Slido, okay? So if you scan that QR code on your camera, then click on the little orange thing that comes up and it will take you directly to this. If you can't do that, you can go on your browser, slido.com, and then when you get on slido.com, you put hashtag 3052337 and you will join the party. Now, if you're in Bromsgrove or Clibury or online, you can join in as if you were in the room with us, which is amazing and incredibly exciting. So you are, I oh, know some of you are excited here, look at you, have actually woken up. Some of you have not gone to sleep in the first two minutes, which is a miracle for some of you, it's amazing. So you're at a restaurant, you're only gonna have two out of three courses. You're definitely gonna have a main. So do you choose a starter or a dessert? Don't be fuffing about with I'm gonna have both and all of that kind of thing. You have to choose a starter order. 120 of you have already engaged in the. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm so excited about this. I can't tell you how excited I am. 143. It looks like dessert has got it so far. While you're doing that, okay, I want to credit this series. This series originated from Life Church, Craig Greshell. We've used some of the content, changed it a little bit, added our own, but it's brilliant stuff. Week one, we looked at the big decision to choose discipline over regret. Choose what you want most over what you want now. Last week, we looked at the other big decision, choose purpose over popularity. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. This choice is the hardest choice of them all. And to start it, nearly 200 of you are engaging, which is amazing. So it looks like dessert has won it. Looks like dessert has won it. Can I just tell you what me and Alison do? We choose one starter and share it and one dessert and share it. Come on, come on. And it's always my... Di- no, it's not. It's, it's, we choose. We, we choose. Okay, so interestingly enough, our choice today, we'll come back to Slido in a minute, so hold it open. Okay, keep it open. We're going to come back to this in a minute because you're so excited about it, I can tell. So we're gonna, the choice before us today is will we choose surrender over control? Surrender over control. Who likes... Come on, be honest. Who likes to be in control? Raise your hand. Raise the hand of the person next to you. All right, because you, you actually, you, you, you want to be in control so much, you want to put their hand up as well. So whether it's at work, maybe you want to be in control. You know, I, I, I'm a little bit like that. and You know that. You obviously know that. Uh, uh, whether it's in the home, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your kids. Uh, come on, driving. Who likes to be in control? Driving. Yes, some hands went straight up. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. You see, there are some of us and we get very controlling over some things but we're not bothered about others. And that's really arbitrary for people around us, isn't it? They're like, you're so bothered about this but you're not bothered about that. And I'm going to go back to Slido now because I want to ask you a question. This is a little harder than the first one. If you were to write one word... What is at the root of our issues with control? There's already 17 people into this. That's so good. What is the one word for you that's at the root of our issues with control? So in the room and in Bromsgrove, hopefully you're engaging and in Clibbery and online as well. We've got concern for being wrong. That's a good one. Bossy older sister. Wow, we are getting really deep here now. We're having free therapy for everybody in the room. Insecurity looks like the top one. Fear. So what happens is as you put the same word in, then the big word will come out in the middle of it. We've got anxiety, we've got insecurity. This is so good, I'll give it a couple more seconds. You know, Interesting enough, uh, while you're doing that, um, Last year, maybe the year before, as a staff team, we went through a whole temperament personality assessment. There's basically four basic temperaments: red, yellow, red, red, yellow, blue, and green. Red is extrovert, task-focused. Yellow is uh, extrovert, people-focused. Blue is extrovert, uh, introvert, task-focused, and green is introvert, people-focused. And they're all good, and they're all right, and they're all godly. And I'm a red. Okay, so and the reality is quite a lot of us on our staff team, on our senior staff team are reds. And so if you're a red, one of the things that you're into is power and control. Okay, not necessarily in a bad way, not necessarily in a bad way, but it can be in a bad way. So hopefully we'll go back. 200 of you have engaged. We have got insecurity, anxiety and fear. I want to share, I think, if there was one word for me at the root of why we struggle to choose surrender over control, it's fear. It's fear. Because if I let go, I'm in fear of what might happen. I'm in a little bit of fear of the outcome. If I was to really surrender, you see, we think of surrender as a word associated with defeat, don't we? So in other words, they won, they surrendered. They defeated them. But I want to suggest that in God's economy, there are some times in our lives when actually surrender is not the way to defeat. Surrender is the way to victory. Because what we do when we surrender is we let go of the fear and we trust in the one who we can really trust in, and that is God. And what I want to do today is I want to take you to two of the most famous and often quoted verses in the Bible, and we're going to look at that today. If you've been a Christian for any number of months or years, you know these verses. If you're new to faith, maybe you've even heard these verses as well, but they're so well-known within the Christian scene, but they're, not, they're so well-known, so difficult to do. So many of us could quote them, but it's really hard to do. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter three, and it says this, trust in the Lord with with how much of your heart? All your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So we'll hold that verse up on the screen for a minute. Trust in the Lord. The idea in the original language here in the Hebrew is trust in the Lord. It literally, it kind of uh, evokes a sense of lying face down. It's like a servant lying face down before a master or if you like a soldier lying face down before the person that's conquered them. That's what it looks like. And, and the writer Solomon says, with all of your heart, the reality is for you and I, it's easy sometimes to trust God with some of our heart, with some of our concerns. Oh yeah, I trust God with my money. Can I trust Him with my health? Oh yeah, I trust Him with my health. Can I trust Him with my kids? I can trust Him with my job, but can I trust Him with my home? And so all of your heart is the invitation here, and lean not on your own understanding. And the idea there is the human condition um, is is kind of um, predisposed. Disposed, disposed, disposed? I can't I forgot the word there. Predisposed. Disposed. What's the word? Predisposed. Thank you. Predisposed to our own reliance. So I'd rather lean on my understanding than lean on someone else's. And again, I think that's fear at the root of it all. In all your ways, and here's the dirty word that none of us like, submit. We don't like that word, do we? So when you're playing that that wrestling game with your your brother or your sister when you're a kid or your mate and and you're doing the wrestling, you're going, submit, submit, submit. And then eventually they say, oh, surrender. You see, and that's the connotation in our heart. We think surrender is defeat and submit is aggression. Actually to choose to submit to one who is better, bigger, greater, more loving, loves you more than anyone else can on the planet is a choice that you and I get to do every single day. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths Straight. Why is this all so difficult for us? You know, way back in time, um, Adam and Eve. If you don't believe in one, Adam and Eve, that's okay. But basically, mankind was in this Garden of Eden, in this ecosystem of perfect union and trust and relationship. And then Adam and Eve, mankind, we basically said, "I'd rather do it my own way." So we choose, chose our own way. God expelled mankind from the garden, and then mankind repaid the favor. And what we did then is we expelled God and we made self the centre of everything. And the problem is when you make self the centre of everything, you've only got yourself sometime to show for yourself. And that's why fear has come into the world. And I think that in our culture right now, we've lost much of the societal glue that holds us together. Social media, as much as I love social media, it really doesn't help. Because many of us scroll through social media, we see so much misinformation and disinformation. So we trust, our trust in authority is at an all time low, isn't it, right now? We don't really trust anyone. We don't want to submit to anyone because there's so much misinformation, disinformation, and poor leadership. And so we don't want to trust. And then at the center of all of this is this rise of self, the you be you, you know, the you just be yourself, you're enough movement. Which resonates but doesn't really work. And it's totally not the way that God intended us to be. And so what we do is that we try to control. The problem is with control, it's like a cycle of fear. And this is how it works. The more we control, the more we're afraid of losing control. And the more we're afraid of losing control, the more we try to control. And the more we try to control, the more we're afraid of losing control. And the more we're afraid of losing control, we try to control. And it just goes on and on and on. And I want to give you an example out of the Old Testament of the Bible. We, look, we did this last week. We looked at a guy called Moses. But even before Moses, there was someone that, again, you'll, you'll know the name, I'm sure. His name was Abraham. We know him as Abraham, and his wife was called Sarah. But actually, their names originally were Abraham and Sarai. And in the Bible, there's quite a lot of this where where God changes names of people and it means something. See, Abraham means exalted father, but when his name was changed to Abraham, it meant the father of many nations. Sarai means a princess within a a family system, but when the name was changed to Sarah, it was you're gonna be a princess over many families. And this is really important because Abraham and Sarai were very old and they didn't have kids. And in biblical days, not to have kids was a, it was a sign of disgrace. It, it meant that you were unfruitful. And I know for many of us now, not being able to have kids is an incredibly painful thing. I don't want to minimise that at all. But in their day, it wasn't just painful. It was, it was powerful as well. And, and so they were desperate for kids. And God promised them that they would have a child. And they waited. And they waited. And they trusted God with all their heart. They lent not on their own understanding. They submitted in all of their ways to God until they didn't. Until they got to a point when they couldn't wait for God any longer. And so here we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 16. It says this, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. This is a different world in which we live in, all right? Let me just kind of clear that out. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. Funny, that, isn't it? So after Abraham. He <laughs> was a bloke, come on. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan. I wasn't planning to say that. After Abraham had been. <laughs> stick with me, stick with me, all right? All right, all right. After Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, listen, she began to despise her mistress. And when you look at the story, there's so much conflict in that family because Abraham and Sarah couldn't trust God, but they took control over surrender, And you know the result of that? The result of that is what you and I watch on our TV screens almost every day right now. What's happening in Israel, Gaza, Palestine, it all tracks back to the complexities around this story. See, the son that they had was called Ishmael. Uh, And later on, they did have the son that God promised who was called Isaac. And out of Isaac and Ishmael come the Jews and come the Arabs and come the Palestinians and all that. It's complex, it's nuanced. I'm not going to go into all of that. But basically, much of all of that comes out of this instance when people chose control over surrender. And the choice before you and I is to choose surrender over control. Now, before we get too judgy of them, how many of us, have chosen someone that we know was not God's best for us, but we couldn't bear the thought of maybe ending up alone. How many of us have chosen that financial decision that put us in such debt because we couldn't, we couldn't surrender to trust God with our finances, so we did it ourselves, and what a mess up we made. How many of us have destroyed a relationship because we just couldn't stop trying to control the relationship. We had too much fear to submit To trusting and surrendering to God. And (laughs) can I just say a little aside on relationships? Um, The two most important decisions you'll ever make in your life are to do with relationships. Number one, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with this invitation to follow Jesus? That's massive. That's the most important decision you'll ever make. And if some of you haven't made that decision yet, come on, Alpha. Okay, if you haven't signed up for that, come on, Alpha, join the 40 or so people who are exploring that decision and that conversation. But you know, having made that decision to follow Jesus, the next biggest decision you'll ever make is who you're going to spend your life with. And what we believe passionately here at the church is that that marriage is way more than a wedding day. And a lot of people nowadays invest a lot into a wedding, very little into a marriage. So we're going to do something for the first time. We've always done pre-marriage at this church, but we're going to do it slightly differently. We're setting up a course, a pre-marriage course that's going to start on February the 19th. And if you're engaged or you're planning to be engaged or you're in a relationship and you're thinking about getting engaged, I want to invite you to come on that course to be with other people. There'll be food, there'll be great content, there'll be conversation. We want to invest not in your wedding day, but in your marriage. Because your marriage is far more important than a great wedding day. We hope you have a great wedding day, but we really hope more than that you have a great marriage. So that's on February the 19th. We would love to invite you to that. But back back to, to what we're talking about today. I want to ask you this question. I want to say this. Name what you're trying to control. It's really important. Name what you're trying to control. So is it a person? Is it your spouse? Is it a child? Is it a family member? Is it a kid? Is it a grown up kid? Is it a colleague? Is it a friend? Is it a circumstance? Is it a situation? And then ask this incredibly important question, and it's this ask, next, is this mind to control or is this mind to surrender? Is this mind to control or is this mind to surrender? And in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to do something interactive today. Because we don't want you just to listen to some words. We want to, you to encounter God. And the reason we want you to encounter God is really, really important. You see, we're going to look here at three questions that you need to ask in order to answer that question. Is this mine to control or is this mine to surrender? Number one, is it worth my concern? So, so, so think about whatever that is that you're trying to control and then ask yourself, is it really worth my concern? You know, it's like I'll use me and Alison as an example. There are some things that are really important to her, not really important to me. Some things really important to me, not really important to her. We often, or often, frequently have to have that conversation. Is it really worth it, darling? Is it? Can I just leave the toilet lid up a little bit? Is it really worth it? Does anyone die? You know, or, or, or on the other side, and I'm not b- b- diminishing that, okay? But you know, all these things. Ask, is it really worth it? Because so much of what we try to control isn't worth it. I mean. In three years' time, is it going to matter? What you're trying to control right now, in three years' time, is it really going to matter or not? You know, I often talk in leadership circles when I do leadership talks about you have to be careful what battles you fight as a leader. Be careful that this isn't a Necho. When you say, what on earth is a neko. Neko was an Egyptian pharaoh. You read about it in 2 Kings 23. And uh, he, he was, he was travelling through the land of Judah that was led by Josiah, the king, and he wasn't really going anywhere near Josiah. he was going past the land, and he just skirted a little bit of the land of Judah, and he was on his way to help the king of Assyria fight somebody else. And King Josiah, who was a great king, and, and Judah was in peace and everything was great, he heard that Necho was coming past his land, and he thought, "I'm going to go fight that guy." And he went and fought that guy and he died. And I look at that and I think, that's about or not worth fighting, that's an echo. And I know as a leader, there's been loads and loads of NECOs in my life. Not people, but situations or maybe sometimes people. And sometimes when I was younger, I wanted to go out and fight every one of them. Now I ask myself, is this a echo? Is this a battle I don't need to fight? You see, as a leader, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. In your relationships, you can have control or you can have intimacy, but you can't have both. In life, you can have control or you can have peace, but you can't have both. So is it worth my concern? Secondly, is it mine to control anyway? Now, if the answer is yes, it is yours to control, you should take that really seriously because I'm not talking about relinquishing your responsibility. You see, the reality is God says there's lots of things that actually, hey, I'm not gonna do this. You need to do this. This is your deal. This is yours to control. So control it. So in other words, let me give you some examples. It's yours if you are able to go and try to get a job. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But it's yours to go and try if you are able. It is your responsibility to steward whatever money you have. God's not going to do that for you. You can pray and you can seek God. And you can ask God to be part of your finances, of course. But yours is still the the, the responsibility to steward what God gives you. It's yours to seek advice and make wise decisions. That's your responsibility. What we do is we do what we can do and we surrender what we can't. We surrender what only God can do, but we do what we can do. So is it worth my concern? Secondly, is it mine to control? And then thirdly, and I want to land here. Is this for God alone? Is it for God alone? One more Bible verse or a couple of Bible verses. This is from the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. Because this is where a lot of control and fear and anxiety are linked, and I'll show that in a minute. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Surrender. It to God, and then it goes on to say, and I love this the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Something supernatural happens when we surrender to God what is God's and we surrender over control. When we choose surrender over control, when we engage with God, this is why these prayer days are so important that we're launching this week, the last Thursday in every month. And we're not going to just do this for a couple of months. We're going to stick with this and develop it. We think it's so important. We really want to encourage you to engage with us. On our online community and Facebook, if you go on Facebook, there's a group. There's over 720 people in that group. We'll be doing a Facebook Live there. I'll be doing that at 7.30 on on Thursday morning. Then lunchtime, there'll be a Zoom. Uh, In the evening, there'll be a Zoom. Throughout the day, there's opportunities and stuff. Resources we'll give you. Wherever you are, at work, at home, wherever, you'll be able to engage. Prayer and fasting is a way of us surrendering our control. It's a way of bringing those things to God. It's so, so important. You see, here's the reality, and I want to land with this. Here's the reality. When you try to control what you can't, the result is anxiety. But When you surrender to God what is His, the result is peace. So listen, lean in. Listen. Can you change your spouse? Really? No, you can't. Can God? Can you heal that person in your life who's sick right now? No, you can't. Can God? Can you control the future of your kids that you desperately want to work out well? No, you can't. But can God? So surely the question is, what do I need to surrender to God. Help me choose surrender over control. Because if I choose surrender over control, the result won't be anxiety. The result will be peace. We all want peace, don't we? We all want peace of mind. And I know this is really hard. What I'm talking about is really hard. And if you suffer from anxiety, let me tell you, that's a very real thing. And, And I don't want this to sound trite. But all I know is that in every single moment we're faced with that choice surrender or control, surrender or control, surrender or control. The more I control, the more I fear. The more I fear, the more I'm anxious. But the more I surrender, the more I trust. The more I trust, the more I receive the peace of God, which guards my mind and my heart. I um, love history. And um, I, I just love history, okay? So if I'm watching anything on history, Alison will tell you, I'm always Googling because I want to learn. I want to know. I love history. I buy a history magazine to read every month. I am a history geek. And one of the eras of history I love is, is the kind of Middle Ages. And uh, the knight Templars, uh, you may remember that the Knight Templars were these uh, amazing knights that that did some terrible things as well. But, but, but one of the, the stories, the legendary stories about the Knight templars was before they headed off to crusade, they'd all be baptised just to make sure they were good Christian people before they went off and slaughtered people. All right, It was a mixed up era. It really was. But one of, one of the stories about Knight templars was that when they used to get baptised, they used to hold their sword arm out of the water. In other words, they're saying, God, you've got every bit of me, but not that bit. You've got every bit of me in all my ways I'm going to submit to you, but not quite all of my ways because I need my sword on. Because I want that to keep that away from you. And I wonder when I think about this, how many of us have a sword on. We have something in our hand and we like surrender everything else, but we can't surrender that. Tell you what, that's the thing that God wants you to surrender today. That's the thing that God wants you because the more you hold on to that, the more you try to control it, the more anxious you'll get, the more fear will drive you. And that's not what God wants for you or for me. And I, I know that I've got some of these things as well that I find really easy to surrender. And I know I've got some things that I find really hard to surrender as well. But what we wanna do is we're gonna take communion together in a moment. So I'm gonna ask the, 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 the team if they can move out just for a moment. But as part of communion, and when we take communion, of course, what we do is we're reminding ourselves what Jesus has done. And Jesus also chose surrender over control as well. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, when God was bringing Jesus to that point, and Jesus knew that the next bit of His journey was to give His life for the world, and He didn't really want to do it in His humanity. He said, this is painful. And there was some fear there. There was some anxiety there. And he said, God, take this away. But then he said, But not my will, but yours. In other words, I'm going to choose surrender over control. And that act of surrender was not defeat, it was the greatest act of victory the world has ever known. And we are here today because he chose surrender. Over control. So what we're going to do in communion is we're going to take some bread. It's all gluten-free bread and some juice. It reminds us of the body and the blood of Jesus. And we're going to thank God for the surrender that He went through so that you and I could have peace with God. But I'm going to ask you to do something bigger and braver than just take communion. And I'll explain that in a minute. Right now, I want to ask you to pray with me. And if you're in Bromsgrove and Clibbery and online, I want you to lean in a bit and to pray. And as we pray in this moment, let me just close our eyes. I want you to put your hands out in front of you, just on your lap. I know it's a little weird, but just because I think there's something quite powerful about just opening our hands. And now I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal into your heart what's in your sword hand. What's that thing, that person, that situation that you are struggling to surrender to God? You know it's not yours to control. You know it is worth your concern, but you also know it belongs to God and God alone. And as I pray, I think the Holy Spirit will show you what that is. Father, I pray by Your Spirit now, would You show us, show us these things that are in our sword hand right now, that we would surrender them to You, that in all of our ways, we would acknowledge You, that we would trust You with all of our heart, that we wouldn't lean and depend on our own understanding, but that we'd submit to you, we'd surrender these things to you. And then we wouldn't live in that anxiety, but we'd receive your peace. Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you lead us and guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Many of you will remember that Back in the uh, beginning of last year, we had this prayer bowl that we've referred to various times of the year. There are hundreds of prayers in there that many of you put prayers in there. Some of them have been answered. Some of them are yet to be answered. But what we want to invite you to do is that as you move out to take communion here in Hal Zone, and if you're in a site... Then, then your leaders there will explain to you how you're going to do that there. If you're online, then you can engage online as well. Maybe write something online if you want to or, or just engage where you are. But what we will invite you to do is that as people move out to take communion, if you know that God has spoken to you today and there is something, there is a someone, there is a situation, there's a circumstance, you know this is in your sword hand. And God is asking you to surrender it. And what we want you to do is we want you to go and over in this table, in this side of the room, there are some little bits of paper and a pen or a pencil. Just write on it, fold it over, come and put it in the bowl. It's just something so that you write it down and then you physically surrender it. And then you ask God to help you to leave it here. Okay, so that's what we want to invite you to do. And at the same time, if you don't want to do that, then just go take communion. I'd encourage you to do that first and then take communion. But if if the queue gets too big, go take communion, then do it, doesn't matter. In the time and the space that we've got, let's surrender to Him. And you know, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, the most important decision you can ever make in your life is not who you're going to marry, but what you're going to do with Jesus. And you could make that decision to surrender your life to Him right now, right in this space as well. And we'd love to help you to do that. So if you're willing and able, we'd love you to stand. Uh, the band will come and help us. The table's over here. If you want to come, take something, write it in here. Again, we're going to add to these to the year. These are prayers really, aren't they? As we surrender. You know, as we surrender, we're also, there's a prayer in that. God, I'm surrendering this to You. I'm putting this in Your hands. I'm taking it away. It's relocating from my hand to Your hand. My hand is small and finite. Your hand is huge and mighty. I don't want to keep it in my hand. I want to put it in Your hand. So I want to invite you to do that. So come and and to do that and take communion. Just to say communion is, there's two stations right at the back. There's two on the side. Uh, There's one round here and then there's one down here as well. So there's basically two here 2 in the side and 2 right at the